maybe you say, okay, I'm going to start with the area. I want to grow spiritually, or I want to grow financially, or I want to grow intellectually. And maybe even if you say, I want to grow intellectually, well, what do you want to grow in intellectually, right? I want to learn more about the scalability of large organizations. Wonderful. I want to learn more about how to set up my finances in such a way that I'm abundance-minded and not scarcity-minded. Excellent. What are you doing here? You're being specific with the area that you want to grow. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. And I'm really pumped because today's episode is going to be extremely actionable. That's because today we're talking about our topic that I'm deeply passionate about. We're talking about maximizing mentorship. Again, we're talking about maximizing mentorship. I'll tell you, one of the things that I picked up as a skill several years ago is honestly probably in my early 20s and maybe even in college, now that I think about it, was I picked up this skill and this habit of asking people, men and women that I deeply respected, really looked up to and admired and wanted to be more like, and I just asked them if I could buy them coffee or buy them lunch and ask a bunch of questions. And of course, there's so much about what I learned from those conversations that have made me into the man, the Christ follower, the leader that I am today. But I'll tell you, in the process of doing that, honestly, uh, probably by now, hundreds of times, buying people lunch and coffee and just sitting down and asking questions, I've created a method. And I've kind of essentially created what I view as my best practices for finding and maximizing or leveraging people in my life that I think of as mentors, people that can provide wisdom based on their experience, based on their knowledge base, based on their skill set. And so that's what I wanted to share with you today because truly, I will tell you, it has been the greatest source of learning and growth in my life. The, the mentors that I have gotten to sit down and learn from and ask questions from, it has been the greatest source. And that's not necessarily an exaggeration. It, it's just true. Because certainly I've learned a lot from books and I've learned a lot from podcasts and I've learned a lot just from thinking and journaling on my own. And I've learned a lot from speeches and messages that I've heard at conferences. But I will tell you the value of all those things combined does not compare to the one-on-one -on -one conversations that I've been able to have with specific people that can speak directly into the situation of my life, of my leadership, and of my business. And I just sat here thinking about it today as I was writing the content for this episode, and I was like, I think everyone should have that. So I don't care whether you're 70 or 7, I believe that if you're a person that's intentional about practicing healthy growth, you should be a person that is constantly seeking out and learning from mentors. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today is just the methodology that I've created for finding and maximizing mentorship. But before we jump into that, I just want to give you the three biggest reasons why I think this is worth your time. Because truly, I'm going to give you actions. Like I'm not, We're not going to talk theory. We're going to talk application and practice today based on what I've learned. And I want to get you bought in on the front end for actually doing this. I would way rather you not listen to this podcast than listen to this podcast and not take action. 
So I don't just want you to listen to this as like, say, oh, that was entertaining. Alex got a little energetic and passionate and fired up. And that was fun, but I didn't really do anything with it. No, do something or go away. (laughs) I want us to be people who are taking action because action is what creates growth. So first, it's on me. It's my responsibility to get you bought in to taking action on what we're talking about today. And so I'm going to give you three reasons and we're going to run through them real quick. Uh, The number one reason is because when you enter into these mentorship style conversations, you have the opportunity if if you leverage these conversations correctly and if you lead these conversations correctly to distill decades into days. Think about this for a second. If you meet with someone who's 60, think about that. If you sit down with someone who's 60, they've had at a minimum... 40 years of working experience. That's insane. 40 years of working experience is longer than I've been alive. Now, think about this for a second. Regardless of how old you are, maybe you are the 60-year-old or maybe you're the 20-year-old. Think about this for a second. Think about all the things you know now that you didn't know 10 years ago. Think about it for a second. Think about all the lessons, think about all the principles, think about all the stories, think about all the the things you've seen, the things you've heard, the relational things that you've learned. Think about all the things you know now that you're 20 that you didn't know when you were 10 years old. Think about all the things you know now that you're 40 that you didn't know when you were 30. And then multiply that number of things by four and you have the wisdom and power and experience and perspective of a 60-year-old. Why would we not leverage that? And that's the mindset we have to get in whenever we sit down with people that are more experienced than us. And sometimes they don't even have to be older than us, but maybe they've seen different things than our, is we have the opportunity to take their decades worth of experience and distill the lessons and the principles and and the power and the perspective of those four decades, those 40 years of working experience. And we can get the best pieces of it in just a few days of sitting down together maybe a quarterly lunch, maybe a monthly coffee meeting. That's so powerful. And we need to remember that that's the opportunity we have if we lead these conversations well. Number two, the second reason is that empathetic human connection is essential. Here's the deal. If you are an impact-driven leader, uh, you need to talk to other impact-driven leaders. Because if you are spending all your time talking to people who may not be leaders or may not view themselves as leaders or may not view themselves as being impact-driven, I don't have anything wrong with those people. It's just those people aren't going to help you become a better, more inspiring, more effective, more passionate, more engaging, impact-driven leader. And so yes, engage with those people. Yes, hang out with those people. Yes, have dinner with those people. But recognize that there is no substitute for human connection that is empathetic. Empathy means that they feel what you feel. Empathy means that they can put themselves in your shoes. And so having the opportunity to sit down with people who have been where you are or who who are where you want to go, that's so powerful because they are someone that can identify with what you're feeling, with what you're thinking, with the mistakes you're prone to making, with the temptations that you'd like to be avoiding. 
There's someone that has a get it factor around those things. And I want to tell you, that's not optional. That's essential. So reason number one is that we have the opportunity to distill decades into days whenever we sit down with these people that have more experience than us. Reason number two is that empathetic human connection is essential. And then reason number three is that there are few things more valuable than context-specific support. This is so huge, and I, I want you to hear this. I love that y'all are growth-oriented people, and I love that you read a ton of books, and I love that you listen to a bunch of podcasts and watch a bunch of YouTube videos, and that you're constantly consuming content, and I think that's great. I think it's wonderful. I'm the same way, and I identify with that so much, but here's the deal. There is nothing better than sitting across the table from someone, explaining the situation that you're in, whether it be good or bad, and then having them speak directly to that situation, to having someone that can understand your context, that can understand where you've been, where you are, where you want to go, that can understand your beliefs, your tendencies, the things you're prone to, your habits, the things that you've overcome, the things that you still want to overcome, the obstacles that you're facing, the problems that you're dealing with, that understands that and can speak directly to that specifically, not generally. Because a book can't address you specifically. A book addresses an audience generally. And certainly there are times where you specifically identify with that general audience, but man, there's something different about someone speaking directly into the life of your situation. And so number one, distill decades in today's. Number two, uh, empathetic human connection is essential. Number three, there are few things more valuable than context-specific support. Now, I hope that those three reasons get you bought in on the idea of maximizing mentorship, regardless of how old you are. And if you are bought in, and if you are wanting to take action on this opportunity, what I want you to know is that what you're really signing up for here is responsibility, okay? Because that's something that I've learned about mentorship conversations is that the responsibility for making the lunch, the coffee, the meeting, the hour effective and useful and valuable and efficient and timely and punctual, the responsibility for all of those things lies on me, the mentee. So if you want to be mentored, recognize that you are shouldering an immense amount of responsibility because you're entering into a conversation with someone and it is your responsibility to extract value, right? And, and sometimes I think that people just say, oh, let's just have lunch and we'll see where it goes. No, that's an outrageously misuse and abuse, I would even say, of someone's time and energy. So what do we need to be? We need to be efficient, we need to be focused, and we need to be intentional. And so it's under that mindset and operating with that paradigm that I wrote down the seven steps that I use to maximize mentorship. And these are going to be outrageously incredibly practical because again, I want you to take action on these things. I don't want you to just listen to this just as something that's nice and entertaining. I want you to listen to this to act on it. 
Now, I will also tell you this is my methodology. I literally made this up over what I have seen works best over several years for me. If there's something you want to tweak or you want to change to fit your context, it's not a cookie cutter approach, right? But what I wanted to give you was my methodology, my best practices for maximizing mentorship. So step one, identify the area or the person that you want to grow. And this is important because, again, it hints at the idea that you are being intentional. So maybe you say, okay, I'm going to start with the area. I want to grow spiritually, or I want to grow financially, or I want to grow intellectually. And maybe even if you say, I want to grow intellectually, well, what do you want to grow in intellectually, right? I want to learn more about the scalability of large organizations. Wonderful. I want to learn more more about human psychology and how it relates to business. Wonderful. I want to learn more about how to sustain a lasting and passionate connection with God. Awesome. I want to learn more about how to set up my finances in such a way that I'm abundance-minded and not scarcity-minded. Excellent. What are you doing here? You're being specific with the area that you want to grow. Now, that's one way to approach step one. The other way to approach step one is identify the person. Maybe there's a person in your area, in your community, or in your sphere that you really admire, look up to, respect, and want to take action to be more like. I want you to think of that person. And then I want you to think about, okay, what are the things that they have or that they exemplify or that they embody that I want to follow, that I want to imitate, and then label those things. Maybe it's generosity. Maybe it's proactivity. Maybe it's responsibility. Maybe it's being a good dad. Maybe it's being a good mom. Maybe it's being a good husband. Maybe it's being a good wife. Maybe it's being really good at being single. That's a novel idea. Maybe it's someone that is really physically fit and physically healthy. Maybe it's someone that's always doing a great job of adding value to others and being an energy and a support to others. Maybe it's someone that's a great communicator, right? But, but think about who the person is and then think about why specifically you want to be more like them and then label that area. I would tell you, if you want to be hyper-intentional, write these things down. So that's step one, identify the area of their person. Step two, you're going to send a well-worded, intentional and specific request. Now, think about these words for a second. You're going to send a well-worded, no typos, no grammar issues. Make this a little bit of a formal message. Use their name. Don't copy and paste from the five other people that you sent this to, right? So it's going to be well-worded. It's going to be intentional. Now, let's talk about the difference between an intentional message and a non-intentional message. An intentional message says, hey there, so-and-so, uh, I was just thinking about the other day that I want to grow in the area of thinking abundantly about my personal finances, and I've really noticed that that's something you do really well based on what I've read from what you've posted or what I've read from what you've written in books or um, based on my interactions with you whenever I've connected with you at church, and therefore, I was hoping to sit down and buy you a cup of coffee and just ask you a bunch of questions on having an abundance mentality with regard to your finances. That's intentional and that's well-written. Now, here's unintentional and not well-written and definitely not specific. Hey, so-and-so was wondering if we could get coffee sometime so I could pick your brain. <laughs> Drives me crazy. I'm gonna do my best not to yell here. But here's what I want you to know. It is truly one of my greatest pet peeves, the phrase, pick your brain. 
stay away from my brain, <laughs> right? I, I don't, ugh, it just it sounds like a, sur- a surgical term. Why would you, why would I ever let someone pick at my brain? That's just a gross saying, <laughs> right? And, and I don't have anything against you if you've used that phrase before. Just please never use it with me because I don't want anyone picking at my brain. That's disgusting, right? But what I'm trying to get at here is that that's not specific at all. That doesn't tell me that you value this time. That doesn't tell me that you have a plan. That just tells me that we're gonna hang out and have coffee. And also, I might buy the coffee, which really doesn't sound fun. So if you want to use this time intentionally, send the request intentionally. Be specific about what you want to do, the things you want to talk about, and why you want to talk about them with this person. That's what it looks like to send a well-worded, intentional, specific request. I will tell you, you know, I've started to get requests now where some people say, hey, can we can we schedule a phone call? And this, a lot of times, is the difference maker from me saying, yeah, I'd love to, versus me saying, no, I'm sorry, I just can't do that right now because I've got some other things that I have to focus on is if the person is intentional and deliberate about how they want to use the time and what they want to get out of the time, I'm game on to serve and help that person to the best of my ability. If the person just wants to pick my brain, oh, it's just, it's gross, right? I'm not a fan, not a fan of that phrase. So um, we need to be specific and we need to be intentional with our request. And what I've seen is that the people that I've sat down with that, like I would describe as very busy people as their schedules being jam-packed and as um, not certainly saying yes to every request that comes through the door. A lot of times the reason why I'm able to sit down with those people that I get to sit down with is because my request is intentional and deliberate and it's specific. And I think people that are hyper-productive and really focused on being effective find value in that. So we're going to identify the area of the person. We're going to send a well-worded, intentional, and specific request. And then number three, we're going to prepare questions ahead of time. (laughs) This is big. I want you to make a list of questions, and I want you to write them on a sheet of paper. And what I typically do is I write all the questions on one paper, and then I save the next paper on the opposite side for where I'm going to list my answers based on the notes that I'm taking. But I want you to have the forethought to think of the questions that you want to ask ahead of time. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to stick to your script, but it does mean that you need to have a plan. And here's here's the real big thing that will put you above and beyond. I want you to ask questions that you can't find online or that you can't already answer or find on Google. Okay, so... Um, You don't need to be asking someone about just the specific, really tactical things that are really things that you could find out on Google. I want you to ask things related to their personal experience. I want you to ask things related to the lessons they've learned. I want uh, you to ask things related to the principles that they've had to act on and apply with regard to their role and what they're focused on. I want you to ask things with regard to what they're learning currently, right? Think about all the things that they know now that they may not have known whenever they were your age or at your stage of business or at your stage of leadership and think about what you could extract from that. This is a huge part of your responsibility. The value of this conversation will never exceed the caliber of your questions. I'm going to say that again because it's important for you to know the value of this conversation 
will never exceed the caliber of your questions. So what you need to recognize is that the person sitting across from you at this table, they're going to have a lot of value. And you've got to view this as this hidden gold that is inside of their mind that they could share with you. And it's on you to figure out how to access it. And the tool or primary vehicle that you can leverage in order to access or find that gold is your questions. And I don't want you just to leave those questions up to chance. I want you to spend just a little bit of time, maybe 10, 15 minutes jotting down what are the questions that you want to ask. So that's step three. Number four, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but it's really important. Buy the coffee or the meal. Listen to me. I don't care if you have to shove them out of the way. They don't get to pay, okay? And this is really important. You, you even notice I put this in my request. I would love to buy you a coffee or a meal, right? Because I'm conveying that you are serving me in this. And so the least I can do is buy coffee or a meal, that's so crucial because recognize if you're sitting down with someone that is, I mean, really, really high caliber, certainly effective, what, what is their value to? There's value to their time. So they are already donating an hour, maybe even 90 minutes of their time to you. You need to place value on that by at the very least buying their coffee or buying their meal. This is one of those things that it may make a difference if you do it. It will certainly make a difference if you don't. And so go out of your way to make sure you pay. Uh, truly, there's some mentors that I have that I know that they're going to try and pay. And so I get there first and I hand the waitress my debit card and I just say, they may try, don't you dare accept it. <laughs> and I make them promise me, right? That's what I'm talking about. You buy the coffee or you buy the meal because that conveys that you value their time. And if you're not in a position where you can do that, you need to figure out something else, right? Okay, so number five, we said number four is buy the coffee or the meal. Number five is take notes and lead the conversation. So when you're actually sitting down, I want you taking notes, right? And, and I want you looking at your questions and I want you writing down what they say. And then, of course, recognize that the gold often comes in the follow-up question, right? So the initial answer a lot of times isn't where the gold is. And so I want you to be listening really closely and asking follow-up questions to extract as much information as possible. So you got to be a really good listener. You got to be a really good note taker. And that's a skill that you practice, right? We practice this in training coaches on our team is listening is a learned skill, right? And really, really intentional, active, proactive listening. It's certainly not natural. And so it's something that's going to take time. But what you'll learn is that if you listen and ask follow-up questions, on the right things, the things that they get passionate about, the things that are emotionally laden, the things that hint at greater wisdom or maybe some experience or some stories. If you learn to listen closely for those things and then ask a follow-up question, you will connect with them at a way, way, way deeper level and you will also receive more value. That's what we're talking about with regard to hunting from the gold. So remember, the caliber of the conversation will be the result of the quality of the questions that you ask. And so I want you to lead the conversation and I want you to take notes. Uh, one more thing on leading the conversation. Sometimes we sit down, right, and, and we actually do a teaching on this about the six stages of human relationship. And the first stage of human relationship is, oh, we're going to talk about the weather and we're going to talk about sports teams and we're going to talk about maybe just the basic stuff of how work is going, but we're not going to talk about things that are real. And what I want you to know is that if you're sitting down with this person, you're not there to talk about the weather, 
Okay. And so as fast as possible, and I don't care if it feels a little bit awkward, awkward isn't bad. Awkward is just our awkward. You just need to shift the conversation. You need to pull out your notebook and you say, I've got so much that I want to learn from you. Do you mind if I just jump right in? And I will tell you more often than not, they will not be uh, taken back by that. They will love that. But that requires you being a confident leader to say, I'm going to take us beyond the weather, right? And I'm not just going to let us sit and do small talk for 30 minutes until I finally have the courage to ask the question or they finally say, okay, well, what do you actually want to talk about? You lead the conversation and because you are responsible for extracting value from the conversation. And so my guess is you're not going to get a ton of value talking about the weather, so it's on on you to lead the conversation towards what is real. Another just kind of simple tactic associated with leading the conversation is uh, maybe it's at the beginning, maybe it's in the middle. At some point, just ask, hey, what's your hard stop? I just want to make sure I don't run over on your time. Because what you don't want is to have that person thinking, man, I wish I could have left about 20 minutes ago, but they're still asking me questions and I don't want to be rude because uh, that's going to leave a sour taste in their mouth and that's what you don't want, right? So just ask them at some point, hey, When's a hard stop. I just want to make sure I'm respecting your time. And when they say, oh, noon would be great, you just take note of that and make sure you ask your last question at 11.55, right? Uh, that's what we're talking about, though, with regard to leading the conversation. You're going to make sure you establish the end time. You're going to make sure that you jump into asking great questions, and you're going to make sure you're extracting value out of the conversation. So you're going to take notes, and you're going to lead the conversation. We've got two more points. Number six is if it was valuable— and if it was something that you'd like to have again, then typically at the end of a really intentional conversation, someone will ask you, is there anything I can do for you? Or I feel like I've talked all about myself, which is great. Is there anything I can do to help you? And, and you can just tell them either in message or in the conversation, just say, hey, this was super valuable for me. And I, I'm just so grateful for your time. And I want you to know I'm grateful for your time. And uh, if you'd be up for it, I'd just love to do this again moving forward. And um, I, it would honestly be helpful to have some kind of consistency to it. And so here's what I like to do. I like to tell them, I'm going to let you, uh, we're kind of put in your court, what would be the best rhythm, but whether it's maybe once a year, maybe it's once a quarter, maybe it's once a month, whatever is best for you and for your schedule, I'll kind of defer to you on that. But I would really, really be grateful for the opportunity to meet again and if they say yes, awesome, and then you can get that scheduled. And if they say no, that's okay. You can. There are other mentors in the world that you can learn from, right? But but the important thing is being just as intentional in saying, I, w I want you to choose the rhythm that's best for you because that's respecting their time. So you're going to let them choose the rhythm. And then the, the final action that I want you to do is maybe it's the day of, maybe it's the next day. You're going to send an intentional thank you message with evidence of action. So what I like to do is I like to send a text message the day of or the next day and just say, hey, thanks so much for your time. This is one thing that really stood out to me from our time together that I've still been thinking about. And I've already ordered this book or I've already had this conversation or I've already taken this step as a result of what you what you said I should do or I've already spent some time thinking about this or, or started to instill this habit, right? 
People want to see that you're not just uh, sitting down to talk with them just to have someone to sit down and hang out with. They want to see, are you a person of action? Because certainly if the person sitting across from the table from you that's mentoring you is an impact-driven leader, then they will take great joy in knowing that their impact is being magnified and amplified by other people that have had the opportunity to learn and sit down with them. Remember that. And so when you tell them that you're taking action based on something that they said or the example that they've given you or the experience that they've had, well, it hints at the fact that there was a return on their time. No, the return wasn't money. No, the return wasn't a free lunch or a free coffee. The return was the fact that you are executing upon what you learned and you are going to positively impact people as a result. If you can show evidence of that to the person you sat down with, my bet is that they'll make more time for you. Because especially if they're an impact-driven leader, uh, that's just incredible. And then you follow this same process for the next meeting, right? You don't become incredibly laxed and suddenly just talk all about yourself at the next meeting. You show up again with questions. But a couple high-level things, the responsibility for all of this lies on you, not on the mentor. That's number one. And then number two is that this is not your time to talk about yourself. This is your time to learn from them as they talk about themselves. And so really monitor yourself and just say, like, this conversation isn't about me. This conversation is about them and what I can learn from them. And make sure that your heart is correct in that, because if it's anything other than that, we probably need to readjust attitude and readjust perspective. So my experience is that's how you maximize mentorship. And my experience is also that mentorship has been one of the greatest influencing factors in me being able to practice healthy growth because there's just something about getting to sit kneecap to kneecap with someone, getting to look in their eyes and to learn from their decades of experience. And so I want that so deeply for you. So my request to you would be to take action, to identify one person or one area to send a well-worded, intentional, and specific request, to prepare questions ahead of time, to buy their coffee or their meal. And if you're going to do it virtual, buy them a gift card or have lunch shipped to their house. I've done both of those things before, and it was well worth it. Uh, number five, take notes and lead the conversation. Number six, uh, if it was super valuable, request maybe an ongoing rhythm and let them decide the rhythm. And then number seven, send a thank you note with evidence of you taking meaningful and specific action that results in extended impact in the lives of others. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what stage of business you're in. I don't care what stage of life you're in. I truly believe that if you follow these steps and if you commit yourself to maximizing mentorship, it could be something that could change your life. I really believe that. So... Uh, hey, one thing before we go, many of you know, because you're a part of this list already, every Wednesday, we send out an email called Worth It Wednesday. And that's really based on the idea that I hate email. And the reason why I hate email is because most email isn't worth it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. And so we set out to create one that actually was worth your time and energy. That's why we call it Worth It Wednesday. So every Wednesday, we're going to send you a principle worth learning 
a question worth answering and a recommendation worth taking. Uh, you can typically read them in under two minutes and these are just such a joy for us to send. So if you want to get on tomorrow's email, if you're listening to this on Tuesday when the podcast comes out, you can click the link that's in the show notes. We'd love to have you as a part of that uh, rapidly growing community. It's just a really cool group of people that are receiving those emails every Wednesday. So remember, we're rooting for you. We want to see you win. My strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go, let's go, let's go.